Sorry. Everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken. Do you feel the shaking yet? Apparently, the whole world is already feeling the shaking. In the UK, they're feeling the shaking among their banks. The banks in, well, SVP had branches in Israel and uh, the UK, and I think in Germany and uh, uh, in various other places of the world. And they're now causing an economic, a, shall we say, a uh, domino reverberating fallout there among the financial institutions in other places of the world. You can see then how the world trembles when something like this takes place. But the question is whether you're trembling. You say, well, I'm not trembling because I didn't have any money in the bank. Okay, that's understandable. But that doesn't mean that it won't affect you. That doesn't mean that the spirit of the age and the echoing downfall of financial institutions won't have its effect on you where you live. And that's a lot of things that uh, that people don't quite understand. Because we don't live in a world all by ourselves. Like John Donne, the famous poet, once said, no man is an island. And you're not an island either. 
Now, the purpose of today's program is not to strike fear or terror in your heart. You might already have that. It's to respond to these issues that are very real on the ground. These are significant issues that are causing the world to tremble, causing America's government to tremble, causing Janet Yellen there at the Treasury to to tremble, causing Joe Biden to tremble. In fact, causing just about everybody to tremble. What's going to fall next? Which shoe is going to drop next? And that, indeed, is why we need to talk about this from God's viewpoint. You say, well, how are you going to focus on God's viewpoint? Or you're not God. Well, that's true. But I do have his word in my hand, and I do have a sense of his spirit concerning these kinds of events. In fact, we're already given indication right through the scriptures as to how we should respond to this kind of event. So I hope you'll stay tuned, friends. I'm Chuck Chris Myers. Conversation is always with ever-increasing conviction. Talk that transforms. And we need a kind of conviction of heart that is going to help us amid this kind of trial. And if you think that this is going to be an event all by itself, my friends, I've just got to disabuse you of that confidence. It's not. In fact, something is going to trigger, actually, a complete collapse of world economics and for the purpose of actually forcing the turn of the world to a one-world government and to a universal non-currency economy based upon digital money. That's what's happening. That's what's getting ready to happen, and Joe Biden himself announced just a week or two ago that he had given an executive order for the U.S. Treasury and uh, the Fed to proceed with efforts to launch a digital currency or money in the United States. If the United States does that, you know that the rest of the world is going to follow rapidly in its trajectory. So I want you to consider that then in the as part of the bigger picture. Now, we refocus for just a few moments to one of my favorite psalms. I always try to direct this to men because it does speak specifically to men, and men need to be at the leadership right now uh, with their families, uh, with our congregations, with the body of Christ, and absolutely with the world as a whole in response to this kind of event. So here we are. Blessed is the man that fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. So the first question is, do you fear the Lord? And I I really mean that, because the fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. It's the beginning of wisdom. And if we lose that, we're going to end up fearing man. We're going to end up fearing the banking system. We're going to end up fearing everything else except God, and that's going to lead us to some very, very bad decisions. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that fears the Lord, that delights greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. 
Under the upright there rises light in the darkness. He's gracious, full of compassion, and righteous. A good man shows favor and lends, and he will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely, listen to this, surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid. So I have a question for you. As we launch into the program today, is your heart fixed? I'm not talking about fixed on the economy. I'm not talking about fixed on the Fed. I'm not talking about fixed on the dollar. I'm talking about your heart fixed in trusting God. We'll be right back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chrismeyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. And now the third U.S. crypto bank has collapsed. Regulators shut down the Signature Bank after its shares plunged in the wake of the Silicon Valley Bank's failure on Friday. New York-based Signature Bank was shut down by U.S. regulators yesterday on Sunday, becoming the third failure in the country's banking industry in less than a week. So a statement from regulators was issued to announce a new emergency program to protect depositors of failing banks. They explained that they would make a systemic risk exception for both Signature and Silicon Valley Bank, a tech and startup-focused lender that was shut down following a bank run last week, which allowed the clients of both banks to have full access to their deposits. Today... March 13th, Monday, they said, we are announcing a similar systemic risk exception for Signature Bank. All depositors at this institution will be made whole with the resolution of Silicon Bank, Silicon Valley Bank, no losses will be borne by the taxpayer. Signature was a big lender to the crypto industry. Remember, that suffered a major fallout with the FTX collapse. The collapse of Signature is the third significant failure in the U.S. banking industry within the past week. And that's not the only one that is making, falling under this collapse. And so today on Viewpoint, rather than just continuing to focus on the collapse, which is a profoundly negative message, as we all know, but it's a very real message. It's true. These banks are collapsing. Why are they collapsing? And is the federal government going to completely remedy the situation? Let's suppose, and what they're trying to do, actually, I think you know, is by promising the depositors that they're going to have all of their assets covered 
even beyond the 250000 that the FDIC, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, has promised and committed to cover. They're going to cover everybody. Now, why are they doing that? Because they're trying to prevent a rapid deterioration of the economic marketplace all over not only America, but echoing throughout the world. They're trying to prevent a complete collapse of the financial world. So, their idea is that if they move very quickly to uh, promise depositors in these two or three banks that they're going to get all of their money back, that they will have done a good thing and perhaps staved off a terrifying domino effect of the collapse of the entire world economy. The banks that you've trusted. You see, we put our trust in these institutions, haven't we? We put our trust in the government. We believe that the government's going to do good for us, is going to protect us, and so on. Well, to a certain extent, they're trying to do that, but they've already not done that by the policies that have been put in fact by the Biden uh administration that actually led this bank, the lead bank, uh, the uh, Silicon Valley Bank, to engage in the kind of lending that it did. Now, what kind of lending did that bank engage in? Well, we find out when we look at the World Tribune today. The World Tribune's headline, Green, Woke, and Broke. Wall Street rocked by 1929-style collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. It still boasts claims of assets of $212 billion on its website. But it's steeped in wokeness, being a faithful proponent of the ESG, that's environmental, social, and government uh, governance movement. Well, who established that movement? Joe Biden and his administration, promoting it. ESG. Have you seen the ads recently concerning BlackRock, the big investment outfit, one of the biggest investment outfits in the world? Have you been seeing their advertisements on television telling you that they're underwriting all of the blessings of America? You need to put your trust in them. Well, guess what? BlackRock is one of the premier drivers of this ESG, environmental, social, and governance movement. Are they sensing they're also at risk? In fact, they are. So what we're seeing, and it may very well be, that the reason they began to advertise like that is because they realized things aren't working out the way they expected them to work out. You can't. Banking cannot put all of its uh, uh, investment in ESG or environmental, social, and government movement because it doesn't make money. It can't be depended upon. It's a high, high risk endeavor. Putting money into windmills, putting money into uh, getting rid of oil and gas, all of this is extremely high risk investment. These banks knew that. But they're so woke 
in pursuing such a green agenda and so diverse that they went bust. So when the dust is clearing from what was the second largest bank failure in U.S. history, it was noted that 93% of Silicon Valley Bank's $161 billion in deposits are uninsured by the Federal Deposit Insurance Company, which covers only $250,000. Roku, to name just one, had $487 million in Silicon Valley Bank. So, just for starters, a lot of chief financial officers, the folks in charge of handling a company's money, are going to have some very serious explaining to do. But it's been known, although hidden by big media, that woke investments are not good investments. Professors at the London School of Economics and Columbia University found that ESG funds appear to underperform financially relative to other funds within the same assets manager and year, but charge higher fees. Our findings, they said, suggest that socially responsible funds do not appear to follow through on proclamations of concerns for stakeholders. In other words, stockholders. So to sum it up, ESG makes less costs more, and is a fraud for all practical purposes. Now, that was said by uh, a fellow by the name of Pinkerton, uh, columnist James Pinkerton, who wrote for Breitbart News on Saturday. He said, ESG makes less, costs more, and is a fraud. Of course, if ESG investing only sued the conscience of gullible trust funders, It might be okay, but now, as a big ESG bank goes belly up, we see the danger of systemic risk to the whole economy, and that's what happened when bank failures dominoed back in 1929. Interestingly, whether you like it or not, President Donald Trump predicted a 1929-style crash if Joe Biden got into the White House. He did. Why could he do that? Because he knew the kind of policies that Joe Biden would approve in advance. And he knew that they would fail. How did he know that? Because whether you like him or not, Donald Trump is an amazingly wise and uh, uh, knowledgeable person. He knows how things work and doesn't play the game that everybody else does. He's a realist. And so he understood what was likely to happen if Joe Biden became president. Now you see. As recently as March 7th, just a week ago, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen was cheerleading for ESG. She said, a delayed and disorderly transition to a net zero economy can lead to shocks to the financial system. Well, well, that's what we got. A report from Axios noted, if SVB, that's uh, Silicon Valley Bank's depositors, aren't made whole by Monday morning, that was this morning, hundreds of billions of dollars of corporate deposits are likely to flow out of regional banks, 
Most would flow into a handful of so-called systematically important banks. If they're too big to fail, they won't fail. Some might go into other ultra-safe havens like treasury bills. Hedge fund manager Bill Ackman predicted that an economic meltdown was looming for today after Friday's collapse of SVP. So people that are wise, people that are in the know, understand things that the most of the rest of us just don't seem to have a grasp on. So then again, the question is, okay, seeing then that these things are as they are and are happening, then as uh, was written back in the 1970s in the famous book, How Should We Then Live? It's based upon the words of the Apostle Peter. Seeing then that all these things should be dissolved, how should we then live? So that is a question. That's, that's a rhetorical question for you, for me, for all of us. How should we then live? What should we do? Should we go out and buy uh, thousands of gold and silver? Will that protect you? I have no problem with somebody trying to insulate themselves against massive inflation or something with gold and silver. But if you put your trust in gold and silver, that can fail too. You say, well, how can that fail? The same way it can fail when Richard Nixon, a Republican in 1972, took us off the gold standard. And why gold and silver and the ownership of it was declared a federal crime. Are you listening? So, it's kind of like you can run, but you can't hide. There's only so far you can protect yourself or insulate yourself against cataclysmic events that take place. So what is our best trust? Is it to go out and buy uh, $100,000 worth of food and set up a... uh, a massive food storage system, or to build a bomb shelter, or whatever other idea you can come up with. Is that the answer? No, Uh, because food, you can get a run on food. You can get a run on your food. That is the food that you think you've stored up for yourself, because people can go wild. And they could put you in danger because of your storage of food. Is it wrong to have a storage of food? No. Is it wise to have a modest uh, reserve of food uh, given eventualities? Yes. Can you insulate yourself against all cataclysm, uh, cataclysm and the fallout around the world? by storing up massive amounts of food like the Mormons do? No, you can't do that. The issue is trust, my friends. That's the real issue. Who or what do you trust? The psalmist David said, I've lived a long time and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Okay? Now you say, well, I've seen some people breaking bread, or I've seen some people that went without food. Yes. Were they the righteous people? Probably not. 
In fact, born-again Christians were much less likely to stand in the food lines there in the collapse of the market in 1929. Why is that? Because they hadn't put their trust in government. They hadn't put their trust just in the systems. The unfortunate thing is, my friends, that every force in our world, every natural force in our world is pressing upon you, pressing upon me to transfer our complete trust to government in some form. And the institutions that it regulates and if not to put our trust in ourselves by ourselves all of those are deemed to be evil from god's viewpoint he wants you to trust him there is so much more about chuck chris meyer and save america ministries on our website saveus.org for example under the marriage section god has marriage on his mind Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, saveus.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. In this segment of the program, I want to share some things with you uh, just to help us to get a, a handle on how difficult times can come. And when everything looks black, everything looks like there's no hope, that God can still make a way where there seems to be no way. So I begin. I begin looking back to a period called October 1986-1987, somewhere in there, one of those two years. It was a notorious time when the stock market just fell precipitously. Not like 1929, but it was almost like that. The stock market lost about 30-40% of its value almost instantly. I remember that we had put a a very modest amount of money in some stocks, and we had not had any experience. My wife and I had not had any experience with that, and uh, so we got very, very nervous, and we sold off our stock. Well, that was probably the worst thing that we could have done, but that we did that, because we didn't want to lose any more. Now, the interesting thing is that God has a way of replacing that which the the thief has stolen. 
And over time, he did that. And then we had a situation where we had left the practice of law, believing that God had called us to bring this kind of a message to his people to prepare the way of the Lord for history's final hour. And so we formed Save America Ministries for that purpose, to rebuild the foundations of faith and freedom as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. And we had uh, gathered together. We, we, God had provided an asset to us. We didn't, we didn't have hardly anything to do with it. God brought it to us for investment purposes through a banker. And we saw the wisdom of it and we purchased it. And then we got to thinking to ourselves, well, here is this Christian brother that's been recommended to us by a pastor, a very trusted pastor. And this Christian brother is renowned as a former vice president of Fortune 500 company. He is the founder of several congregations. And uh, he is involved in an investment situation where the results are far better than anything you could get from the stock market or from the bank. And so we sold a portion of the property that God had given to us in order to put that money into this other investment situation with this Christian brother. And it was amazing. We got reports every month, very specific, and it was accomplishing exactly what we were told it would accomplish. And so we were put at rest. This was wonderful. This was cool, so to speak. And we had made the right decision. Then one day, I had to write a check to the IRS to pay for the last big tax bill that I had uh, from my law practice. So I advised this person, this Christian businessman, with whom we had made this investment, that I was going to need that money. I told him about how much it was going to be, and he said, okay, uh, you've given me notice like I asked you to do. And so I wrote the check to the IRS. And when the check made our bank, the bank contacted me and said, you don't have any money in your account. We can't cover this check. Well, as a matter of fact, the bank, through God's mercy, did cover the check, even though there was no money in the account. So I told the banker when he called me, I said, you know what? Uh, this is coming as a total shock because this uh, businessman has informed me that he actually wired the funds into our account and they should be there. So he said, okay. The banker said, okay, we'll wait for it. But it didn't show up. And over a period of several weeks, this Christian businessman kept saying, well, I, I don't understand that we have provided the funds. The funds are there. And so finally, the banker came to me 30 days later. You talk about grace. You talk about patience. You talk about, you never heard this from a bank, probably. 
This banker, this bank, through God's grace and mercy, extended the funds so that we would not default to the IRS, which would have been a serious problem. And then he said, Mr. Chris Meyer, I'm just going to have to tell you that we can't continue to delay. I've got to have this money by such and such a date. Well, as a result of that, uh, I had to go to set up a time to meet with this Christian businessman and his wife. And we did that on a Sunday afternoon. And I'm not going to go through all the details of that, for it is high drama at the OK Corral. I dare say you've never experienced anything like it. It was profound. And through that meeting, this man admitted that he had defrauded us. In fact, he admitted that every single entry that he had made in all of the accountings to us from the very beginning were just made up. This is a trusted Christian businessman. This wasn't a bank. This was a trusted Christian businessman. You think that didn't hit us hard? Oh, my dear friends, what he deprived us of was far greater than what the FDIC would cover for one of these banks. And they were personal monies. They were not ministry monies. They were personal monies that God had put in our hands for the purpose of making it possible for us to carry out this ministry without the need of receiving any man's money. Mm Mm-hmm. If you think that didn't hit us royally, more than royally. My wife's tendency was to fall into a panic. She said, we have to sell everything. Sell the house, sell our furniture, sell our cars, and hope for the best. Nobody would come to look at the furniture. We couldn't do anything. And over time, God provided and made it possible when it looked impossible. God made it possible for us to continue, even, yes, in that house with that furniture and those cars. It's mind-blowing. It's utterly mind-blowing how God did that. Why do I say that? Because it is better to trust the Lord than to put confidence in men. It is better to trust the Lord than to put confidence even in Christian men, even in bankers, in the President of the United States, in any human being or institution. That, my friends, is what is being tested in your life and mine right now. Because if we cannot respond in righteousness and trust with this kind of environmental uh, economic threat, how in the world are we going to be able to stand in the increasingly more evil day when the entire world basically collapses and a new world government is put in with a digital 
currency that the world, that the government will control with every dollar you spend or don't spend or what they'll enable you to spend. And the only way you'll be able to do that is if you get the infamous mark. Then what are you going to do? You see, in one sense, you could look at this as a blessing for us. We're being tested. Will we pass the test or not? Is our heart actually fixed trusting in the Lord? Is it? Or are we being moved in a panic? Oh, and there are so many other things. So many other things that I could relate to you that my wife and I have had to go through over the years that has actually compelled us in the most trying circumstances to put our trust in him. And in every single situation, he has provided or made a way. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. This is not a theory anymore, friends. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll direct your path. In all your ways, acknowledge him. That means a lot of things. That means obedience to his word and so many different things, things perhaps that you're not obedient in today. Maybe God, by his spirit, is going to bring pressure to bear to where we have to consider certain things about our lives, about where we put our trust, about whether or not we're actually agreeing with God in various issues in our life that we need to get repaired so that we don't cut off the flow of his blessing, so that the pipeline of our heart is not occluded so that we cannot receive that which God is wanting to do. Is this making any sense? We'll be right back after this with some further encouragement. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Will the government bail everybody out? No. 
will the government provide backup for those who are losing their deposits? Yes, up to a point. Yes, up to a point. But let me ask you a question. Let's suppose that there are three banks. Right now, there are three or four banks that have gone belly up. And based upon that, uh, the Fed and Janet Yellen, Treasury Secretary, has ruled out a bail a bailout for these banks, but has declared we're not going to let any depositors go without getting their money back. Okay. But let's suppose that the echoing consequences of that devolve into 10 banks. And then 20 banks. How far can the FDIC go to secure all of the investments of all of the depositors in 20 banks that go belly up? Are they capable of doing that? Well, the reality is that the FDIC was never designed to cover that level of loss. It was designed to cover two or three banks. So what happens if this echoes on down the road? What happens if it starts dumping a a Bank of America or Wells Fargo? Or a Chase? That's a whole different ballgame. Now, I'm not suggesting that that's going to happen. But what I am suggesting is you and I have no idea where this is going to go. But we do have an understanding as as to how God wants us to respond. That's the issue. Are we going to respond in panic? Or are we going to respond having our hearts fixed, trusting in the Lord, our heart being established and not being afraid? That's why we opened up by reading from Psalm 112. Blessed is the man that trusts or fears the Lord, that delights greatly in his commandments. Do you delight greatly in God's commandments? I'm not talking about a theoretical thing here. I'm not talking about believing uh, the Bible. I'm talking about delighting in his word. Do you do that? Are you sure? This is one of the reasons why we've been doing this series, friends, concerning how to study the Bible. We've had two or three different sessions now, and we're going to do at least one more, maybe two. Why are we doing that? To prepare God's people and their hearts for these very kind of events. Because the Bible tells us that everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken. In fact, if you read in Hebrews chapter 12, it talks about uh, God once shook Sinai and uh, the people were terrified. But he said, once more I'm going to shake, but this time I'm not going to just shake uh, Mount Sinai. I'm going to shake the whole world. Hmm. God said he was going to do that. 
because the worlds need to be shaken to its senses. And sometimes we need these kinds of events to shake us up. I will never forget using that phrase. I was standing in a line uh, at a in a restaurant, and uh, in front of me was one of the principal business leaders in Richmond, Virginia. I had never met him before, uh, but he was renowned in the city of Richmond, Virginia. And as we stood there, we were just talking about uh, our city and so on, and he made this statement. He said, something needs to happen to shake us up in this city. Well, he was absolutely right. The problem was that the people didn't want to be shaken up. They didn't want to respond. Because they're known as rebels. Religious rebels. Don't shake me up. We got it all figured out. The Bible Belt in America is very much like that as a whole. Oh, yeah, we believe in the Bible. But don't you dare shake us up. We know what we know, and uh, that's all we want to know. And don't you dare bring anything else from the Word of God to prevail upon us because we got it made in the shade. Don't you understand? We're the Bible Belt. Well, yes, I do understand that. And it's that very attitude that has resulted in a divorce rate 50% higher in the Bible Belt for the past 25 years than the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. That's why we need to be shaken up. Now, I don't know what's going on in your life. God does. He knows your downsittings and your uprisings. He knows your flesh. He knows my flesh. And we all have our situations that we need to deal with. We all have our heart motivations, our heart issues that we need to deal with, right? But we have to be tender-hearted. We have to have the ground of our heart has to be uh, tilled. And that's what shaking up does. It helps us to till the ground of our lives, of our hearts, so that we can be tender toward God and not put all of our trust and our confidence in the world and what it has to offer. And all of its theoretical protections. So, Janet Yellen Secretary of the Treasury says, let me be clear that during the financial crisis back in 2008, there were investors and owners of systemic large banks that were bailed out. The reforms that have been put in place mean we are not going to do that again. Not going to do it. Not going to bail out the banks anymore. We're going to try to help the depositors, but we're not going to bail out the banks. Well, what's that going to do for the whole green industry? The ESG, what is it going to do for all of that wokeness? You see, we put our trust in false agendas.
And then came this report, the U.S. dollar slides amid banking turmoil. The U.S. dollar slides amid banking turmoil. Well, I guess we would expect that, wouldn't we? So where are you going to put your trust? Are you going to go out and get a bunch of cash and put it under your mattress? Well, what good is that going to do you when the government says, uh, we're going to do away with cash and it's all going to be digital? You're going to have to turn in your cash because it's worthless. Now what are you going to do? You put your hope and your trust in your cash, right? And the cash was only worth what the people and the government would trust that it was worth. But if the government said, uh, we're not going to respect that anymore, it's not worth anything. Or as they said during the American Revolution, it's not worth a continental. So, then what are we going to do? Are you going to put it in silver and gold? Well, how are you going to use the silver and the gold that you have accumulated and spent massive amounts of money on, how are you going to use that uh, to transact business? You say, I'm going to barter. Okay. Well, who's going to barter with you? Are they going to be willing to accept your silver and your gold? And how small are you going to be able to cut that gold, those gold coins and those silver coins in order to kind of make change, so to speak, to deal in a a fair business. And when you do that, are you not defiling the coinage of the United States? Isn't that a felony? You see, what I'm trying to say, I'm not trying to make things look hopeless. I'm trying to help us to see that in one sense, you can try to secure yourself in reasonable ways, but you can run, but you can't hide. There comes a point in time when, uh, It all comes home, the chickens come home to roost, so to speak. And we have to decide now. We have to deal with these. This is a heart issue. We have to decide now what we are going to trust. Who we are going to trust. Do you really believe that you can put your final faith and confidence, your full trust in man and his government? Just look at how your government has failed you and the promises that have been made by a guy who's only been president for two years and how he has failed you over and over and over and over again and lied and lied and lied and lied and then hid the things that they tried to lie about. Like the January 6th situation. And the the films that are coming out now to prove that they lied and intentionally hid the truth from the American public. And you can put your confidence and your trust in that? You can put your confidence and your trust in Stanford University when their law department has a federal judge come in to speak to them and the young people rise up and uh, just create such a horrific 
cacophony of accusations and so on that the guy can't even speak, and this is supposed to be one of the finest law schools in the country? And then to have the uh, one of the deans to come in and try to settle and resolve the matter and made it twice as bad as it was in the first place because they're all woke. There's nothing to anchor the soul. There's nothing to anchor in the truth. We've abandoned the foundation of truth, friends, in our country. We've been playing a game. And that means that you and I have to live courageously. Embracing truth, no matter what the cost, living courageously, and as the famous uh, uh, philosopher Gady once said, courage lost, all lost. So, amid this, all of this, we might say, maybe what we should do, it's about trust, but we need one way to secure and uh, uh, keep our trust secure is to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations and his glory above all the heavens. Mm. I want my heart to be fixed. Don't you? Don't you want your heart to be fixed? Yeah. Now, to help us with securing ourselves against the seduction of fear and unbelief and all of these things, you might want to get a copy of the book, Seduction of the Saints. How to Stay Pure in a World of Deception. $18 book, yours for $15 on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us at Save America Ministries, PO Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Help me, O Lord my God. Save me according to your mercy. God bless, my friends. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.